<laughs> yeah, and just kind of do our thing. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Creatives Chat. Get a little stretching. We shall begin our show now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by We Are Storkly Conscious Brand Apparel Hello and welcome to another episode of Creatives Chat. I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. And Peter, why don't you tell our viewers who our guest is going to be today? Oh, Rusty, we have one of my favorite people on this planet as our guest today. She is a permanent cosmetic artist in the Green Lake area of Seattle, Washington. She's a SoCal gal, moved up here about 20 years ago and really has just brought the spiritual warrior mentality to the Pacific Northwest and done a lot of healing work. So I'm excited to have Ashley from Bellametrics on today. Oh, I will be in the back room producing the show. In the meantime, uh, have a great show. If I have any questions, I'll pop back in. All righty. All right, viewers, meet Ashley. Ashley, I am so excited to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's really a pleasure and an honor to be here. Oh, why, yeah. thank you. Well, I mean, again, like one of the reasons why I like to highlight awesome artists like yourself is that, you know, you have that entrepreneurial drive, you have that creative spirit, and you're a true artist in the name of the game. So let's get started with letting the listeners know, what is it that you do? Professionally, you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, at this point in the game, I have been a permanent makeup artist in Seattle since 2011. So I've been doing this for the past nine years. And what I do really is give women confidence to feel good about themselves. Um, You know, we live in a world that uh, really requires people to to look their best in a workplace and a multi-generational workplace and lot of younger women coming in and you know the older gals you know oftentimes you know feel what is it called it's um you know they get a little bit of um I'm sorry I'm I'm losing the 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 thread right now Peter we're gonna have to edit this part out (laughs) what is it it's um age discrimination age discrimination Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, so age discrimination is a real um, problem in the workplace, and people lose their eyebrows as as they get older. And so that's one of the biggest um, products that I sell is is eyebrows and eyeliner. Um, I do some lips, and I do a little bit of scar um, reduction, like dermal remodeling. I sometimes treat people with vitiligo. And, um, you know, by repigmenting hypo uh, pigmented skin, it's a condition where it's an yeah. auto disorder where, where people lose um, pigment in their skin. And um, so I can help them with that. Um, and some scars I can help with. So, 
you know, it really is one of those, one of those services that makes people feel so much better about themselves. Sometimes people literally start crying after they see their service in, you know, in the mirror. And, um, you know, that can be very, very gratifying on a very deep level. So it's a really nice thing to do. Yeah. I mean, you're transforming lives and especially you're correcting and bringing out what people see in themselves, but they have those insecurities and those quote unquote flaws. And honestly, I just love the way you kind of put things, even just like, you know, perusing through the site and how your philosophy is with like, I guess you would call it, as I say, like permanent cosmetics. Um, And that is really just bringing out the unique beauty within each being. But I'm so curious, where did you come up with the, the correlation and the connection with kind of connecting it with like the Fibonacci scales? Oh, well, because um, all over our body is the golden ratio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all over the face, you know, even our fingers, this part of the digit is, what is it? 1.1 1. 1 to 1.618 and then many other numbers. And then from wow. here to here, um, and then from the fingers to the hand and the hand to the forearm, it's all over. That ratio is all over. And our eyebrows are um, at the arch from the beginning to the arch is, is actually, well, from, from the end to here is the one. And then from here to the bulb is the 1.618. So that's, that's, and it's, it's in everything. It's in, you know, the, feathers of a, a peacock, you know, in the, in the eye. Um, yeah, everywhere. Ferns, Nautilus. So I just was fascinated with that and how um, it really is, map the, you know, the divine mathematics of the universe that really communicate our beauty and our vitality to the onlooker. And, um, and, and we can have all different, you know, different... Uh, facial features and dimensions to our face but um, you know the balance striking that balance is really very important to creating beauty so everybody has their own unique beauty and own unique eyebrow and I feel like that's one of the things that I specialize in is looking at each individual for who they are and how they see themselves oh my gosh I love really trying to, to create that for them so, yeah. Well, that's the beautiful thing is that you're applying the, as you call it, the divine mathematics. And I love that term, by the way, but you're applying it to each and every being with their own morphology. And I think that's something that's always the true, I guess you would say it's the, the nail on the head, the true sign of an artist being able to actually bring out the best within each being like that. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly satisfying. I, I really love my job. It's powerful healing, and it's something that a lot of people, I feel like, they overlook just the simple, I mean, it's just the simplicities of just the structure of how it even changes the whole eye and how it looks, and how just one subtle angle off can completely change, like, someone to being, like, a welcoming and loving face to kind of, like, that resting mean face. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The angry eyebrows. Nobody wants angry eyebrows. Well, in terms of the, like the artistic journey, how did you even get into it? Because I lost my own eyebrows, I think. And I was a a client of permanent makeup um, in my thirties. And I was shocked at 
the, I don't mean to belittle my industry, but I have to say there was a, a striking lack of um, artistic talent. Hmm. Um, and I was, I, uh, being an artist, I thought, well, I, I could do my own eyebrows better than that. And, you know, that was a lot of arrogance, of course, at the time. Um, until you get into the field, you don't really know what the challenges are until you start working with it yourself. But um, so I guess I just had, I was bombastic enough to think that I'd be good at this. And um, there was a point in life where, you know, things changed. I got a divorce. I had been a jewelry designer for um, 17 years in, in LA. And um, after the life changes, moving, a number of things. Um, I found myself here in the Pacific Northwest saying, what am I gonna do with my life and who am I gonna get to fix my eyebrows? Those were the burning questions. And it took me, you know, I asked myself that once and then it came up again as I was just sort of struggling, figuring out what I was gonna do. And it was, it hit me, it was like the finger of God, you know, just pointed down at me and just stopped me. And I thought, I thought that's what I've got to do. I've got to do my own eyebrows. And so I, I set out, you know, I thought that would make a really great career choice for me. So I had to embark on, you know, getting my education and, you know, had a lot of other issues going on at the time, but uh, I, I made it through. I started my business and I haven't looked back since, and it has been just an amazing journey. I mean, just, I, I absolutely love what I do. So it was a really good decision. Really, really great decision. Unfortunately, there's a, so many more people out there in Seattle. This is a very, very um, saturated market. I think there's a lot mm. of people who feel like it's a, it's an easy thing to get involved in and there's no restrictions. There's no um, requirements mm. for the amount of hours that you're supposed to have for getting licensed. So, um, yeah, you have zero hours required by the state of Washington, which is very unfortunate. And there's been a lot of work done by leaders in my industry, um, can't, just hours and hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours of time invested in trying to change legislation to get them to have at least a minimum of 100 hours. And um, the state has not, hasn't done it. So, um, Wow. Unfortunately, there's a it's there's a lot of other people in my business um, and that that don't have the training and it tends to give the industry um, a bad name, you know. Yeah. People who do come to me oftentimes say, "I don't want those. I don't want those brows that look like, you know, with the straight line right here, or <laughs> just." You know, they have all kinds of fears about what, what the results are going to be because they see it walking around. It's not, um, you know, a caliber of work that I think, you know, could be if there was some minimum hours required. Yeah. Um, at least, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's that. But I still, you know, I've had a really great business and I'm doing great and, and I have nothing to complain about. Well, I think that's one of the cool things is that I, you know, I scroll through the IG and just look at the before and afters. And I've seen a few of the tattoo like corrections that you've done. And it's mind blowing to see some of like the rigidity and just like the almost like wonky lines that some people have had done before and just how you can kind of almost like paint over it. And I like that expression with it because it really is just like 
you're painting on these canvases in like yes. such fine detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to just to the eyebrows um, and the Fibonacci, you know, Keep I it rolling. wonder what is an eyebrow for and why do we lose them? You know, why do we lose them as we get older? Yeah. And it's so unfair. <laughs> you know, it's just a really dirty trick. Well, did yours, well, how did your, how did you lose, like, what was the process of you losing yours? Did they it's fade genetic. or was it just like? It's genetic. I mean, my mom didn't have eyebrows and some, you know, but even people who have really full eyebrows tend to, they, they thin out when they get into mm. their 40s and 50s. And, um, and so I, I think it's sort of like, a symbol of fertility, of, of um, pro- productivity, and that's how it translates into the working, you know, the the workspace. I think somewhat that, like a bird's plumage, is in of course it's male birds that have the plumage, but that is their that's what they're flaunting, right? It's their, yeah. They're flaunting their 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 sexuality, their the virility. Yeah. They're they're going to produce a great egg. <laughs> You know, <laughs> have great offspring, right? And so they're they're really that's their dance. And I think in the workspace there is something about the you know the lift, that arch, the fullness, yeah. and it and it is so important to the face. You know, it's just so important. There's like you know, if you look at people without eyebrows, they look like they're from outer space. They're like alien, really, yeah. really strange. Yeah. And an eyebrow on them, and it's just like what a transformation so anyway that's, so that's, that's um that's my philosophy on on the brows and 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 why they're so important and in, in ways that i think are you know um basically our sexuality you know and our mm. well it's the superficiality of our culture too and when you think about in terms of like the age discrimination aspect where it's you see someone like you said it like even you said it like you know someone without a brow or like the fading brow kind of look a little alien it's a foreign thing and it's something that we almost try to shame and again like we look down upon and i'm just really fascinated like in terms of your personal experience how have you noticed that apply from clients to yourself and like and even just hearing their stories because again you're a tattoo artist so you're always hearing the the journeys and the the opening up of the heart right Yes. So um, one of the things is, you know, we live in this 3D world and, you know, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to worry about things like, you know, our eyebrows fading and, you know, it's, 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 women tell me their husbands say, you look beautiful. You don't need this. And it's really something for our own, our own personal self-esteem, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I do hear women who are single, honest to God, it's like there's, they start getting more attention after they get their eyebrows. It's like a, a night and day experience. Interesting. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Getting date, you know, asked out on dates, you know, with random people, you know, on an airplane, you know, meeting people just, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how the, the eyebrows really changes somebody's personal life. Um, so there is, there is that. So there, there is something that's, you know, reflected from the outer world, Mm. but I think primarily it's just when you wake up in the morning and you, you catch a reflection and Mm. you see yourself in the mirror, you catch a reflection throughout the day and you see yourself put together, you know, your whole face. And it's, 
you know, if it's done right, it's, it, you know, it can, it's just striking and it just really gets you in, in, in the heart chakra, you know, it, I think it's oh, just yeah. like, you feel good about yourself. And, um, so, you know, I just, I think that, that it isn't because we live in a 3D world and you want to have, you know, self-esteem and you want to present yourself as feeling confident that, that, that is, that's the thing that really, you know, resonates for most people and why they do it, why it's so important. People work out, people, you know, go swimming, people, you know, want to you know, scratch them, their eyebrow. <laughs> and, you know, you go from being terrified of something like that to being confident and just, you know, wiping your brow and it, and it's, it, nothing comes off. So it's, you know, it's liberating. It's a liberating thing. Mm. And, um, and then it becomes just part of you. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. You know, eyeliner mm. also the same thing. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just bringing, it's just bringing attention to the natural features and it's just this, it's the simple aspect of self-esteem, just the base bottom line concept. It's like, if you don't like the way you're looking, if you don't like the way you feel, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what anyone says because it all radiates from us. Right. 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 It's very personal. It really is. Yep. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. No, it's super cool. Cause even just looking at like the history of tattoos, like, it's been something that's ingrained in our society and culturally for so long and just like the physical appearance and just the subtle meanings of what the different symbols mean and just kind of the, the natural, like, Oh, that's their status. That's their symbol. That's their class. And even here nowadays, I find it's the same type of concept. Like when we don't see people that are done up, we look down on them because of that just bottom line, you call like the superficial aspect or as you refer to as the 3d world that we live in. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, and it's material. It's very, you know, like, I think that there can be, you know, truth and reality and, you know, and, and material things. And there can also be illusions and material things. And, but it's all very, you know, wrapped up in the material world. And so you have to, you know, be present with that and, and um, operate within that context while we're still here. <laughs> Yeah, navigating that ocean of what I like what you really said that the truth and illusion in the material world because the we're living in an era of a lot of illusory concepts and, and systems. illusions. Yeah. Too as well. That's I mean, fascinating. That's the big thing for me is that you know they can have form. Illusions can take form. Yeah. Right from <laughs> permanent makeup into something so esoteric. But yeah, that's how we do it here on Creatives Chat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, just in terms of like the kind of the illusory materialism, what are some of the things that you've seen that have really brought you to those recognitions and understandings? Um, About, oh, just to switch gears really like that. Okay. Um, Well... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> uh, frankly, you know, you know, the old saying was like this, the sage kicking some grasshopper in the knees and saying, you know, uh, what is it? There's some, there's some parable about the guy, some, some little, you know, novice asking a sage about illusions and the whole, the world is an illusion. 
everything is an illusion. And then he kicks him in the shins and he's like, why'd you do that for? And he's like, well, that's an illusion. What do you, what do you think? What do you care about? I'm like, well, yeah, it's, you know, and, and you get into the quantum nature of reality. And it's a, we, there's really, we're just space, you know, there's not, you know, nothing. So how come, what it, what it was that impact about, you know, mm. anyways, um, I think the big thing that it got to me with, you know, the concept of illusions taking form is this, the monetary system, you know, we have money mm. that is, um, you know, form at the thing, but it's, but what it, it symbolizes is something very, very different than it originally was. In fact, it's completely the opposite. It's completely inverted. It's, it's, we've gone from, you know, production and, and value in our money to a complete, you know, the opposite. It's debt-based. It's, it means you, if you're holding a note, it means you owe. (laughs) <laughs> you know you owe stuff it's an iou you know yeah. And, uh, yeah yeah and so you know that's been um one of those things that's just infected our whole world and you know every you know everything is so like connected everything in society is it's like the life blood it's the life blood of society currency right mm-hmm. currency just flows through everyone's hands when you have a civilized society that's complex you have to have a means of exchange that has a value that you uh, everyone agrees it's this amount and you know the people that are operating the system are you know busy just sucking the lifeblood out of out of everyone all the producers while they're holding this piece of paper, thinking that that's a real, that's going to hold the value. You know, I could work for X amount of these pieces of paper and then, you know, maybe hopefully stop working someday and yeah. live on my savings. And then you get to your, that day and your savings don't, you know, you can buy what a loaf of bread with, you know, your $400,000 in your bank account or whatever you've been able to save. And, yeah. You know, and it's it's just it's just the the most wicked theft I mean of of, of the ages, and yeah. so so that's where it's like okay yeah there's form there's form but it's an it's all an illusion you you know so you really have to um, understand you know the reality of what the what it symbolizes the, the oh. symbol form right? I love that yeah no that's so powerful because I think it's a uh, because I'm right there with you in terms of just, you know, it's, it's a form, but in truth, there's no, it has no weight. It has no truth to it. There's nothing that really backs it. And I think that always fascinates people when you think of the central banking system, it's like, well, how do they determine the numbers? Well, I mean, in the budgets and all these different things, it's like, well, they just add a zero to the computer or add a decimal. Like there's, there's really nothing that they're doing here. It's just whatever they want to push out there. And I think this is the thing that really starts to hopefully can awaken some people to understand that it's like we live in a debt-based society and when you live in a debt-based society you are technically an indentured servant slash slave mm-hmm. and i didn't recognize that until like paying off my student loans and everyone was like hurrah congratulations and it was like what because i got to zero that's ter- that's terrible why are we celebrating this how many of you are in debt right now and it's like 90 percent of the population if not more is just living with this superficial number that just creates so much stress and so many real issues in the physical world. 
And again, it's based on that illusory concept of just like, oh, this dollar means something because we printed it. Right, right, exactly. And what they're doing is they're taking a, you know, it's like one thing to take a loan out on your own future. That's that's something, you know, you're you're borrowing from your own future. You you take the loan out and you pay it back. But what's mm-hmm. happening is in order to maintain a certain lifestyle because they've impoverished us so much, they keep piling on more debt. But what, you know, we're, we're, we're out beyond our, the end of our lives. We're out beyond the end of our children's lives. We're out beyond the end of our children. I mean, I, it's incalculable how many generations out we're, we're borrowing from, which is the yeah. of morality to me. I mean, there's nothing more immoral than, borrowing from future generations to the point of their you're enslaving them Mm. to a lifestyle that was you know i don't know demanded by television series and you know like this this image of what people think that it is to be you know a cool person and you know have the right jewelry and the right apartment and the right car and all of these things these things you know that people think that they deserve and they should have and and um because everybody's got it and then you know they get hooked into the you know the big screen tv and you know and then pretty soon Mm. that's more important than paying attention to you know wars endless wars and you know what's going on you know outside of the realm of your experience you know and people are very myopic that way and it became become you know um to a to the detriment of of the planet you know unwilling to you know but then they i guess the guilt becomes too much and they can't even look at the truth anymore which is what i'm experiencing now and people are just more than happy to be um anesthetized by you know all of the all of the the fake news and the the, me, the media lies and and uh, you know telling people what they want to hear and and yeah. their illusions. Um, so, you know it's haymaker. I love it. <laughs> well, right. no, dude, I love it. I love it because it's something that people need to hear, Ashley. And I, it's finding it's like what Mark Twain was the one that said it's easy to teach people a lie, but it's like absurdly you, like it's like way more challenging to tell to convince them that they've been lied to, something yes. along those lines. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at as a society where it's we're having people like forcibly kind of get dunked and being like, oh, I'm drowning. And then some people are just cool passing out in the water you know, but in truth, like, look at where we're at right now. We have so many people, like, I would say lining up or battling for the latest iPhone. And then they see something in the street that they want to protest. But in truth, when you look at it, that iPhone that you've been slaving over that you're now leasing, that you're now paying monthly payments on is literally causing children in Africa and all these different poor countries death to the point where they're getting forced to they're getting forced labor to death and that's and you don't care about that like it's it's so paradoxical it's frustrating (laughs) i know (laughs) it is and it's also really hard you know it becomes socially awkward because you know it seems like we live in a place that is very very entrenched in the dogma of um what is being purveyed as you know 
the truth and um and you know it's I, I don't want to be insulting but i really feel like you know this this culture we have when there's so much access to actual information it's not like medieval peasants had access to you know galileo's you know all of his writings all of his findings and you know so when galileo said hey guys you know we live in a heliocentric solar system this is not a, a geocentric universe we live in you know they weren't they were like oh that's really interesting they didn't know the church basically said that this is heresy this is heresy he's a conspiracy theorist right <laughs> so we're going to torture him we're going to torture him until he recants and then we'll let him live but he has to live under house arrest so that's his punishment for for um daring to expand people's consciousness about where they are in relationship to the universe and the world around them. So we went from being geocentric, which is sort of analogous to being egocentric, right? Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. it's very infantile. In, in, you know, in, it's infantile. So we were in the infancy of our, so, of our culture, humanity yeah. developing, and we were going through phases. And back then, you know, was, we had some really horrible parents. This is kind of the same ball, you know, here I am, a conspiracy theorist. It's like the same cabal, really, the same, the yeah. same consciousness and a lot of the bloodlines from, you know, from as far back as, as medieval days and maybe even farther than that, I would say, you know. So well, Don't even say that like it's a bad thing in a way because it's like, I know, again, I'm sorry, like I'm say conspiracy theorist, like, well, it's so, it's so true, though, because it's like, you know, people want to say that, you know, I know I was taught the, the dogmatic indoctrination system and the public educational system, and they tried to convince us that royal families and royal bloodlines and all of these things that ruled the classes ended like hundreds of years ago. And it's like, have you seen the intermarrying that's going on with the biggest corporations in the world that have had the biggest wealth and corporations in the world right. for hundreds right. of years? Like On the nightly news. You know, CIA, you know, the ones who are telling us what's happening out there. They're, they're nothing more than the church, you know, the pastors and the, the clergy of, of the, you know, the Roman Catholic Church. They're absolutely, you know, just keeping, keeping people as ignorant as possible to keep them controlled. That's the bottom line. Yeah, no, and that hasn't, that's something that I've found the most, um, so I feel like we might have chatted about this before um, that as, you know, I was a biology major, went to the sciences and it was one of those things where, you know, I learned real quick and some of the professors that I was, that I worked with, they let me understand really fast that there's a system here, there's a class here, there's a hierarchy here. And if you don't go with the grain, you pretty much get like outcasted. And the church has literally transformed into modern day science. Like everyone says, trust science, trust science, but they don't actually do their own search or research into things. Right. It's the same thing with politics, with our financial systems, with our agricultural systems, with our textile industries, like everything, <laughs> all agenda driven. It's all, it's, and they can, you know, it's just like statistics for measuring our inflation. Okay. So we used steak one year and boy it makes it look bad this year so let's say hamburger we're going to call it hamburger this year and then they keep changing you know the criteria and okay so you get to the point where tomato is a vegetable i mean i'm sorry ketchup is a vegetable so ketchup on right. you know the hamburgers at mcdonald's is that's that's some that's people getting 
a square meal. And, and so we don't have any inflation. No, no, it's, yeah, don't, don't look at that man behind the black curtain or the green curtain or whatever it was. Straight up Wizard of Oz. It's facts. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier with kind of like that Galileo statement where it's like, you know, that was just someone having an objective observation, yeah. trying to bring out that light and illuminate people and bring the truth. And it was put out. Yep. And that's something that I think heresy. terrifies me. You know, exactly. It's heresy. But look at like today's society and culture right now. We're doing the same type of social torturing, social, I guess you would say, like public bashing and stoning. Rituals, right. Yeah. And that's the stuff right there where it's like, it's like, everyone... feathering. it's like, it's the same. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you know, I get to, there's, it's Monty Python. You know? <laughs> it's like, he's a witch. She's a witch. You know, he's got the nose. He's like, it's not, even, it's not, it's not my nose. He put it on me. You know, it's, like, you know, it, it's just like that. I mean, and they, oh, these people, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's one of the things that I always like to ask, you know, I consider you an awakened being because you've woken up from the systems of illusion that have been really keeping everyone. It's like the allegory of the cave, you know, that mm-hmm. you've, got, you've gotten up, gotten out of the cave and been like, get out of the cave. And they're like, what are you talking about? What's a cave? Well, so how, what is your, I guess you would say, words of inspiration for people that are also dealing with that type of I don't know. I feel like, again, like we've touched on it before in terms of like the isolation that you may feel right now, the the kind of despair that you may see right now. Like what gives you strength? Oh, good question. My strength comes from, from God, actually. Yeah. Um, I have been delivered from so many uh, hardships. Um, and I mean, I, I, my personal, I think the most Relatable story is having lived with a broken back. I had a fractured um, L5 for six years. And um, that, you know, just that experience of not being listened to, not being heard, it's like this this slow grind of just not being listened, not being heard in my life, you know. Um, And then just seeking you know, I was agnostic or, you know, spiritual. I was raised by atheists. I was raised by academics and um, very liberal and, um, you know, teachers and um, narcissists, real, real hard narcissists. And um, so, so that, you know, that was just my whole experience was just, you know, not having not having God, not knowing the Bible, not knowing the Bible, I think was, has been a big deficit. I would say that not being involved in church has probably been, been liberating for me. You know, I've been able to form my own, um, somewhat of my own spirituality, my own philosophy. And then when I hear that reflected in other people, you know, in their stories, it gives me, it sort of validates where, you know, my, my perspective. So, um, but it's, it's driven me towards finding a balance and a calm and, and, you know, just being anchored um, is, is my sense of connection to the divine. And, and over the last few years, 
and I, I had a connection with Jesus and Mary Magdalene over a decade ago um, when mm. I started getting some downloads about monetary history and um, and you know, just to give you a taste of that. Um, the download was that the, the Arthurian ledger, legends are an economic allegory, basically, of the debasement of our currency. And, and I, I love how Rusty opened this up with, you know, the golden light, and he, did the, he commenced the, the meeting with a, an invocation, um, a grounding invocation, and he, he brought in gold, you know, uh, and golden light and gold in the, in the pineal and and I think that gold is such a gold, it's a, it's a golden rail to, you know, it's, it's like um, the way I feel with, with the Christ energy and with God energy. And, and, and you can really tap into that and, and, and be guided and be comforted. And, 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 and so, that, I mean, it is a, it's a lonely path and it's only, you know, I can't, it's mine, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's so personal um, so to give advice, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, everyone's got their own journey with that. But um, seeing what I've seen in the last three years of evil, the evil that I'm seeing and witnessing, that is biblical. I mean, it's on a biblical scale um, to how there is a, um, an agenda to break down every single last objective reality that we live in is mm. it's a complete nihilism of down to the cellular level down to our sex down every single thing has been completely inverted yeah. complete it's completely luciferian and i say that in terms of it's just an inversion of of you know divine um just natural law principles yes. natural, yeah. natural law principles so you invert that and then you have to do all kinds of prestidigitation there's a hocus pocus and sorcery and 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 you know keep keep pulling the wool over people's eyes in order to to perpetuate that um you know that inversion and to you know hold just it's like trying to hold a beach ball down and you know like it just wants to go <laughs> wants to go up and you, you know so it's more you know it's just like you just got to keep putting pressure on it but eventually it wants to go up yeah. or you know, bubbles want to burst you know bubbles want to ex, you know they want to explode so you got to keep adding viscosity to the bubble you got to yeah. keep adding soap keep adding soap and i can and i think that the viscosity is ending up in people's consciousness they're not you know like as long as the people are fooled, we can keep this illusion going. We're going to just keep throwing, you know, you know, completely, you know, like just more money, more debt, more debt. And it's going out at a blistering rate. I mean, I don't even know yeah. what our debt levels are at this point. They, they could never be repaid. And oh, I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going so many different places right now. You asked me about, you know, how I, you know, advice to people for um, how to, you know, <laughs> Stay grounded and in have strength when you're experiencing so much shunning um, yeah. and uh, and just feeling uh, lonely. And and from, yeah. yeah, you're you know, we're being what is it you know like excommunicated from orthodoxy. You know, we're powerful statements. Well, that's that's uh, 
Joseph Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you hit the nail on the head, though, where it's, I, I find it incredibly genuine just to be like, I, you know, my journey is my own. So it's just that kind of, to me, a stressor and a highlight that it's, yeah, it's each of our own journey, but it's also each of our own responsibility to actually take that journey and take that inward step. And I, I find that, you know, just in terms of the, you know, the gold energy and just bringing that back to showing like the true power of it. It's like, if we look at any type of religious depiction from Buddha to Jesus to all the other prophets throughout the world in history, they're always having that God aura or that gold aura rather. And it's always that sign that it just goes to show that it's like the true, I guess you would say the true connection comes through that gold energy, that golden light, that divine healing ray. And I'm very curious in terms of the um, the Arthurian kind of legacies and tales and that download, yeah. like for those awesome. listeners... Yeah, for those listeners that don't know, what would be a brief synopsis? <laughs> well, okay, so the, yeah, so Uther Pendragon really wanted to get it on with Dee Grain, who was, was married to, I can't remember the uh, her husband's name, but he was away at war, and Uther really had the hots for her, so he went to Merlin and said, I, you know, give me some magic sauce, I need to, I need to get one with this gal, so... He, um, so Merlin allowed him to be the imposter of her husband. So what we, so Mm. I'll draw the analogy right now. The imposter is what we have an imposter currency right now. It's not real. It's an imposter. It's, It's like pretending to be money. So there's that. So, so he gets this magic and he has to pay Merlin back by um giving him the if there's any if there's any um, progeny from from this experience from this intercourse you know then he has to pay with the firstborn so the firstborn is is arthur and arthur is sent to um to, to merlin to grow up with merlin in the woods so that's like the he's uther pendragon is doing what we're doing in society is he's, do, he's taking he's taking an, an instant pleasure you know a transient pleasure and he's forcing future, a future generation to to pay for that and, and you know so that's the loose um translation i guess and, <laughs> and then there's also you know the fact that reason you know i said Jesus downloaded this to me. I mean, I think I, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, it really felt like that's where it came from because the technology to amalgamate metals was about 80 years after the crucifixion. Mm. So the Roman empire could then introduce base metals into the currency. Yeah. 10% 10% at a time. So they were stealing the actual wealth out of the currency, out of the coinage. Yeah. And so Rome went, went from being, you know, a slave-based society, you know, all kinds of debauchery, slave society, right? Um, oh, yeah. And, and all these, you know, hor- horrible rulers, you know, the, the dark forces and Pharisees and and Jesus comes along and says, you know, the kingdom of the heaven is within us. And, you know, mm-hmm. and they get, no, you can't say that. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. So, you know, basically, you know, the fact is that he, they were giving, he was giving humanity an opportunity to, you know, let's, yeah, let's let the slaves go. It's like, let's correct our ways. Let's, let's live according to natural law principles, according to God's laws. Yeah. And crucified him, right? So what happened is um, 80 years later, we begin a 2,000-year epoch of the enslavement of humanity. You know, we've chosen, we chose that yeah. path. Um, and so, and it happened incrementally, just slow, slowly, slowly over the years, you know, and all, all throughout, you know, the Middle Ages from what, you know, the, um, I think the Arthurian legends, they, they were, I guess, an oral tradition for hundreds and hundreds of years, I guess. Well, yeah. um, the to Arthur was written in 800, but that was just, you know, one version from, yeah. you know, many, many years of many centuries. So I think it was kind of trying to communicate the, the nature of the dark art of currency debasement Ooh. while Ooh. they were through it. So yeah. That's what, that's what myth does, right? Myth tries to explain what you know the natural world we're living in and you can we really can it's so it's such a uh, inconceivable you know you think you you think you know what it is but you really don't you know it's just it's beyond our comprehension the world yeah. is, so we need the artists and the poets to 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 tell us to tell yeah. us a story and through these these mythic con archetypes and I and so that's that's my big theory. And <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Well, because you can see it reflect itself in today's times, like to a T. And it's just continued and just changed subtle forms. But worse worse. yeah, yeah. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Where it's like you know, it takes the artist and the kind of creatives to really pass on these like the oral traditions before they became like the writings and things. Because I feel like it's the exact same thing as we've experienced today and people experience in school and education like when you're getting talked at and it's just like information on information on information on information so many people just check out but how many people could i ask like the the synopsis or you know the storyline of like game of thrones or those popular stories and shows and they're like exactly and they're like oh this 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 it's like yeah they figured it out that's how you tell people stuff you got a jedi mind trick of a little bit exactly yep yeah, and so for you know, for me, Star Wars was my very first spiritual experience. So, yeah. I mean, and it does. It's the hero's journey, right? It's that's yeah. the hero's journey, uh, and it's replicated throughout, you know, many stories. But I just feel like we're each on our own hero's journey. You can really, I think the star seeds and the awakened ones are are experiencing that, and we have a mission, you know, to to help people awaken and we're getting clobbered for it you know right yeah now. well it's the resistance since you you know you resist what yields you the most opportunity for growth and we're seeing that to like the nth degree because of the social conditionings and the you know the tell lie visions tell that lie people vision. are consuming and, yeah, and the media media it wasn't that the they were the magicians back in you know hundreds of years ago the media were the ones that, you know, if a ruler wanted to get something done, they went to their magicians and, and they, they would cast their spells to, to, you know, move public 
perception or, you know, it, so, so they'd want to make, they'd get people to think they want something, you know, when it's not yeah. really good for them. So, oh I yeah. love that connection. I love that connection because it's so true. People don't realize that. Hollywood is a is that's what the that's the wand. The yeah. wand of sorcerers is a Hollywood. Yeah. Made used to be made of Hollywood. Yeah. We're gonna need. We're still gonna need to have a lot of um, consequences to actions, and um, you know. Uh, mm. Some, some strife and struggle in order for people to to um, find out who they really are. Mm. And, and I, I think I we avoid that. Thing. But if we embraced it, like, oh, hey, another struggle. Yay, I'm yeah. learning something new. <laughs> yeah. And instead we go, oh, man, what a rough day. I had to go That's do this, true. this, and this. You know, but if we looked at each struggle as an opportunity to learn, a, you know, to learn a new skill set, you know, and we and we embraced it rather than trying to maintain status quo and maintain our comfort zone so that nothing yeah. disturbs our tranquility. Well, then nothing grows, nothing expands. Grows, mm. yep. Everything's going to get upended. <laughs> I think so. I really think so. But I mean, yeah, that's I mean, kind of the can't. We had to clear out the that. cancer. Pardon me. Excuse what me? was that? Oh, yeah. I just I know so many people who just want to keep the status quo and I feel like but that's just like you're dead you know you're just you're not you want everything to be the same all the time and not you know you don't want to question yourself and you don't want to question anything and you, you know, it's just that's a death in and of itself well we have to think about it like cancer and I think that's kind of the way I'm the way I see all these things happening is kind of just like that where you know you if you have one cancerous cell it will multiply back to whatever size of the thing you remove. We're going to have to get, it's going to reach a point where it's, you know, it's a cleansing and everything in this world is gained through, I guess you would say some type of conflict, whether it be, you know, the baby learning how to walk and conflicting with gravity or, you know, the child learning how to read and conflicting with these weird hieroglyphs that they're now being presented. It's the understanding that, everything in this world is going to come to a point where the conflict and the most important conflict will arise within each person. And it's going to be that, who am I? And I feel yeah. like and the key, the thing is with this is like, when we really all figure that out, when we all understand that we are all of source, everything else is changing inevitably from that cause. Like that cause will lead to every effect we've ever wanted because we're no longer going to live in a world where certain things are acceptable to a, on a heart level. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, I use the example of, you know, how people see dogs in different countries where it's just like, Oh, how would you feel about eating that chicken finger? Okay. Well, what if that was a dog? <gasps> oh no, I could never. It's just like, okay, well, what's the thing within you that's really causing that shift? Like what's the thing within you that is putting that wall where I couldn't do that, but I could do that. Those types of things are going to be forced. And I think this is why it's going to be an energetic thing because, I mean, Rusty, we've had this conversation before how it's like we both, I mean, and actually I feel like we've had this too where it's like we feel like the body is like, you know, it's a receiver. Like the brain can be a receiver. It's going to, it takes in the cosmic information. What happens when everyone is getting said the message that you either haven't heard yet or you hear it and you're like, oh, I love that. 
you know, so when we get, when we all receive that, those divine rays or whatever the cosmic event is, or whatever the planetary event is, whatever happens, I feel like it's going to come on that front first. Like I just have a deep intuition that it's going to come into the headspace first. And it's either going to be like, boom, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, I'm already kind of living this blissed out life or, oh, this is nice. I remember this or, oh my God, what is this? Where am I? What's happening? And it's going to be a thing where it's like, whoa, calm down, relax, buddy relax you're experiencing oneness it's okay it's all right <laughs> you know like it is, somebody from a bad trip i mean really exactly exactly i really do feel like it's going to be something along those lines because again like you know energetically you're we receive information all the time so what happens when everyone gets full-on boom you just get amped up to the every degree you're either going to have that good trip or it's going to bring out every demon that you've suppressed and repressed and you're going to have to confront it or it's going to consume you. Yep. I really, that's, that's kind of how I see it. I think that's the, the, the basics for what we're going to see. And it's going to be something, hopefully, and this is where it comes back to that video that I sent you guys, like, hopefully it is some type of like astrological event in combination where we can physically see something that we're not supposed to, that we can physically experience something that's just like, oh my gosh, like I've seen a ton of videos of people all over the world. Like, and this is one of the reasons why I started doing sun gazing is because at certain points of sunrise and sunset, you can start to see that planet X, Nibiru, whatever it is. And it looks like a second sun. Like so many people, so many people are, I haven't seen it because the glare has been so bright, but that's where I was looking in the, my experience of like everything turning this beautiful purple hue and having like a rainbow around the sun and just being so mesmerized by this like dull white portal where I was just like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I haven't gotten a chance to, but like on my way to my clients this morning, the sunrise was immaculate like it was breathtaking it was something that like you could see rain here there was no there was like no smoke and if anything it looked like kind of like low fog it was but, so foggy today though but sunrise it was beautiful weather out like i could oh, see wow. mount rainier it was like a, a violet pink like the the colors were it was like a sherbet in the sky it was amazing and i couldn't see the sun because of where things were positioned where i was driving but i was just like oh man this was this was a nice one this morning because it's been so cloudy lately that when I was finally saw it I was just like oh gosh I've really missed that like morning sun gazing because yeah. that experience right there was for me like something that I had never heard about I had never well technically kid did kind of read about some things but like I had never experienced that before and for me I feel like it's when we have something like that that completely changes things like if we have being able to see like what the natives and like a, literally the entire world talked about where they have all these hieroglyphs and different pictures of people or these weird dragonfly looking things. But in truth, um, physically we've explained it and expressed it as like kind of magnetic rays, like a magnetic flux in the sky. And it's kind of like an intense Aurora Borealis. If we all see something like that, where it's like, we see the sky falling quote unquote is what they call it. And we see different stars that we've never seen before. We see different planets we've never seen before. Like, that right there will wake it'll shake people up so i i truly think it's going to have to be something spiritual and physical but the spiritual aspect i think it's going to be something that like we all get like a download that's either going to make you and be like oh aha moment or it's going to be like i can't handle this i can't handle this and 
we'll yes. see what happens. And some people will just reject the truth and voluntarily bow out. Yes. Yeah, think yes. Suicides. Yeah. Like literally. Or who knows how that's going to happen? Maybe it is a vibrational thing and they drop yeah. away. Like, I don't know that stuff, but like, and see, this is a life sign. She's been asleep other than like the time getting crazy. This entire conversation, once I brought her back in and the moment we start talking about like the higher level of like the vibratory things like that, she jumps on my lap and is purring. <laughs> and that's the stuff where I'm like, okay, she vibes with that. Like, yeah. but because again, for me, it's like whenever, you know, even with animals, like I've been very observant of that of nature has been giving those who will listen and those who see the signs yeah. of you know if they're on the right path and it's again it's that search within that really reveals everything so i think it's again it's going to come back to that point where it's it's going to be a it's going to be an event where it's you're not going to be able to miss it yeah yeah. Now, if it gets hijacked, that's what I'm concerned yeah. about. <laughs> the fake well, because, <laughs> well, even in things that I've seen, like, um, even in kind of like the, so this is actually funny because it actually ties in a lot of the different things that I've heard where you have kind of like the Q group talking about like the, like the 10 days of darkness or like the whatever days of darkness. Um, you have the, like the astrological cosmic folk who are talking about this event that's going to happen. And then you have like Western sciences talking about like a solar flare that's going to happen, but all of them result in type, like in the EMP type of thing. So it's going to be like one of the first times in our history where the lights, since pretty much we created this stuff, that we're not going to have any type of electricity or light to block out what we can see in space. So I think that all of these things are aligning for a reason because it's the same time frame. All of them are coming around that same timeline of when this stuff's supposed to go down. And that's where I really see that there's more credibility and weight to the fact that it's going to be a quote unquote cosmic physical event combined with that conscious, because again, the energy and the consciousness is going to manifest the physical. So yes, that's my I, take I, on it. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But again, like I don't get my hopes up. I just live with what happens. I just know that what I focus on most importantly is living in the now and really doing my due diligence of unfolding and continuing to develop my inner light. And I think that's the only thing that we can ask from any of ourselves is just to really push our understanding of ourselves in this world each day and just try to grow a little bit each moment or each day. Like it doesn't, I think one of the reasons why like we're where we're at in life right now and how we see the world is because we've all, whether it be a catalyst that's caused us to grow really quick but we've all kind of taken those steps of learning and growing with each moment and taking in something new. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the truth seekers or light workers or shadow workers, whatever you want to call it, uh, have in common is because we all have that drive of that childlike curiosity. And I think that's the most important thing for society right now is just to stay curious and driven in that sense of what do I know? And nature is such a great place to learn and, and feed that. And so, and one of the things we have to do is get back to nature more, you know, and have our children experience nature. I love that example you were talking about earlier with the kids just going out to play, you know, not necessarily, you know, playground's okay, but, you know, take them out to the, out to yeah. nature from the city and yeah. letting them experience that. So many kids don't have that experience and there's just something so like, Oh my, you know, when you go out and you go camping and you're just like, Oh God, I got to do this more. <laughs> right. Well, and you have people in the city that I know, well, I know kids that fear it. 
I know uh, plenty of people my age and older and younger that literally grew up in the city that fear nature and fear yeah. life. It's like, yeah. yo, like that's when we are in our element. Yeah. yeah. We are nature's caretaker. Yes. Yeah. We're the shepherds of earth. Like that whole idiom and saying is like, we're, we were meant to really heal as people. And I think that's one of the reasons why compassion and service and being kind, like really speaks to our heart and is the most kind of like satisfactory feeling. Like what you're talking about, Ashley, with your work is like being able to heal people's insecurities, being able to transform people's doubt and fear is like, it's really satisfying and heart fulfilling work. And that's the reason why, you know, myself included in terms of like doing the entrepreneurial stuff, not really doing the mainstream mode of, you know, operation and work, it speaks to our heart this way. And it's a service to people and it changes people's lives. And it's like, and that's the stuff that is worth more than any, any illusory dollar. <laughs> yeah, really. It's a blessing, you know, I think that's one of the coolest things of, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's not shocking or surprising. That's like your work is a healing type of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it feeds my soul. It really does. Cause you know, it, it doesn't come without a cost at sometimes, you know, it's running a business and dealing with the public, but um, <laughs> sometimes that can be hard, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it really is. It's, it's so satisfying and it's really where my heart is. It's where, you know, it's, it's, I, I just can't, I mean, I have to look at this and look what I manifested like, Oh, wow. I'm, you know, that's a lot of self-esteem right there. You know, it just, well, and what a great feeling it is to know that you created something out of nothing. Yeah. That. Yep. And so uh, there is an inner door to, an, to a higher plane within us all. It's called the heart. It doesn't just pump blood. It pumps love. So connect to it. <laughs> Amen. And I so I am going to close on this. Face your fears today. Make a stand for yourself. Because the funny thing is, when you face your fears, they run and hide. They're more scared of you. That's why they're called fears. The fears are fearful. So be bold. <laughs> be brave. Be daring. And be confident, knowing fears are nothing but the shadow of your dreams. Thank wow. you for joining us, everyone. And until next week, have a happy always. And roll the outro. Peace. That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Yo, I love that ending.